Hallelujah. Beautiful. I appreciate all of you being here. I know <clears throat> I began this morning talking about connecting the dots. <clears throat> and I know I'm not really talking about the puzzles, the games. But we try to connect dots. And unfortunately, usually we do them for our lifetime. We do them for certain events. And, you know, I, when something happens, we try to replay it. We try to reconnect, refigure what's going on. You know, uh, what could I have done different? How did I, uh, what do, could I have said or done? And I, I mentioned that Paul in the book of Romans began writing about you know, um, these dots, basically. And he talked about right now. And right now is a big dot. And right now, what I'm going through right now. And then he pushed it forward to a future time when we will be glorified and the sufferings will, in fact, uh, are nothing compared to the glory which shall later be revealed in us. And we then talked about Timothy and we talked about what Paul wrote in Corinthians. And then uh, we uh, read on in Romans the 8th chapter. Most of this is taken out of uh, Romans the 8th chapter, the skeleton of what I'm talking about. And we recognize that the next dot was all the way back at the beginning of time. That corruption, that the curse, that some of this really uh, is the first dot. If you're going to really go back and if you're going to connect the dots, uh, the big picture sometimes is what you have to recognize. That this thing um, began in the garden. The Lord wanted perfection. He didn't want sin. He didn't want sickness. He didn't want thorns. He didn't want any of that. And so when people say, I can't understand why God let, let me tell you, that was not the plan of God. It, when you, you got to be careful that you don't throw God under the bus for what Adam did and what the enemy has done. Because you need to go all the way back that that sin brought the corruption that we now battle and that we find in our bodies. And that's why Paul would say something like, uh, you know, that we have the first fruits of the Spirit and we are waiting for an adoption to wit uh, the redemption of the body and we're saved by hope that there is a hope that is in us that's not you know it, it is you know I know sometimes people have it within themselves maybe their personality is they're more hopeful than others and they recognize oh you know I'm going to always have a, a sunny disposition and look on the bright side and uh, the sun will come out tomorrow you know bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow it's all going to be better but you know you can get hammered enough that you go I don't know if there's going to be any sunshine tomorrow and we are seeing over the whole world because of the pandemic, because of you name it, whatever's going on, you know, volcanoes, the signs and whatever. We're seeing the 
clouds come in and we're saying, wow, is there really any hope? Well, let me just tell you, the hope that we should feel is the hope of the Holy Ghost that quickens us when we have a service like tonight and we're worshiping and shouting and dancing that one day this is just the earnest of our inheritance. This is just the taste of what we're going to experience in the midst of wherever we are. And we have the first fruits of that spirit. And it's the down payment, the groaning that forces us to connect to that future hope. So when we go all the way back, we look at, at how creation all is groaning. And, and you may say, well, I, I don't understand. You know, everything is getting better and everything. I'm going to just tell you, and I, I, I don't want to burst your bubble. And I, you can call it climate change and you can call it whatever you want to call it. Uh, you can say, well, you know, it's all mankind's fault. Everything deteriorates. Except those who are born of the Spirit. Because we have a future hope. And so it is that, you know, and, and so, you know, you say, well, I'm just groaning and I, I'm struggling. Well, then guess what? You're normal. Everything is groaning. Everything is in a struggle. You know, you may say, well, it, you know, it's not springtime, it's wintertime. And I, you know, but you have to keep connecting the dots to the future gener redemption. Deliverance is coming. You have to recognize deliverance is coming. Redemption is headed our way. That's why in in Revelation, it, it wraps it up. The Bible is full. And we have the promise there in Revelation where it says, and there shall be no more curse. That curse that comes in Genesis, the third chapter, is finally done away with. The throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. And His servants shall serve Him. And they shall see His face. And His name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, nor candle, nor light of the sun. For the Lord giveth them the light. And they shall reign forever and ever. I'm here to tell you that I don't know if the world will burn up from climate change. I know the Bible revelation says it's going to burn up but there is coming a time whenever there's going to be all oh, a culmination of great deliverance when the rapture takes place and the church leaves here. And so, you know, that's our future hope in the midst of all that we're going through. And I, I know you know, I, I have temporary hopes. I hope I live. I hope people are healed. I pray. We pray for healing. I pray that things happen. I hope people have good relationships. I hope people, you know, make it. I hope people, we've all got temporary hopes. Huh? You know? But temporary hopes will never satisfy the spiritual hunger in your soul. You may say, well, I hope to get married. I hope to have a nice house. I hope to buy a new car. Let me tell you, that's not going to satisfy. It's temporary. No matter how much you love your spouse, no matter how much you love each other, no matter how much, you know, guess what? At some point, somebody leaves. You say, Oh, I would never leave him. I would never. I, I don't. You say, well, boy, you're a real 
encourager tonight. Bless you, pastor. What are you trying to say? I'm saying that's the reality of it. And yet I have to fix my hope on something that's greater than just here. And that my hope is on something, you know, what is it? On, on the Lord. I have fixed my hope on the future redemption of the body. That's why Romans, Paul continues writing. Romans the 8th chapter, read it for yourself. Paul is saying, he said, likewise, the spirit helps our infirmities because some Sometimes we don't know how we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit because he, Jesus, is praying, making intercession for the saints according to the will of God. He's praying through us. So when whatever we want to know, whatever's going on, and you feel like you're groaning, then turn it to God and begin to groan in the Spirit. Why? Because that's proof that the Lord is working for me. The Word is working in me. The Lord is working through me. You may not understand it. You may not understand it at all. It's ironic, Sister Brenda sent me a, a text tonight. She was in, was it Dollar Tree? Do it wasn't, wasn't you, somebody else. She wrote, saw it. Somebody was in Dollar Tree and they see two kids, an older one and a younger one. And they're in a long line to check out. And all of a sudden, older ones, got a package of glow sticks. You know, you might have read this story, I don't know. Got a package of glow sticks and, and the younger one's screaming, wants one, I want one, I want one, I want one. Give me one, give me one. It's a long line, wait till we pay for it. No, oh, I want one now. You know how little kids are. So what does the mom do? Opens a pack, gives a kid a glow stick. Everything's wonderful. Everything's wonderful. They check out, he's walking around with a glow stick, and the older brother or sibling grabs the glow stick from him, and the kid starts screaming. They're walking out the door. The kids are just screaming. Ah, he took my stick. And the older kid starts breaking it. And the kid's screaming more. And all of a sudden, they step out into the night sky and the little boy realizes it's glowing. It had to be broken to shine. He had no idea. He was thinking you were taking it to ruin it and his face lit up. Woo, now look at what I've got. Sometimes we don't realize how the Spirit, you know, the Lord breaks us, the Lord does some things. Now, I don't know, true story or fake story, but guess what? I, it, it applies here when you look. And so the evidence of he, that I need him to work in me is when I try to connect the little dot, quit trying to connect the little dots, and I start looking at the big dots. Because if I'm not careful, the little dots will depress me. And so then Paul goes through seven 
reasons or evidences that the Lord's working. Now I'll go through them real quick. I know. Six o'clock. Number one, 28th verse. God works for those that love him. Because that's what he said in the 28th verse. You just go through these verses with your homework. Just read them. Romans 8, 28, 29, 30, all the way to the end of the chapter through 39. He said, and we know that all things work together for good to them that are called and according to love God to them that are called according to his purpose. What are you saying? The Lord's purpose is not that we should be bound, that we should be fearful, that we should be stressed, distressed. His purpose is that we should praise him and glorify him and magnify him and let our light shine. We know all things. Number two, God wants us to be conformed to his purpose, his will, not our will, his glory, his honor, not my will, not how it honors me, not what it makes me look. Oh, well, this is good for my career. This is good for my resume. This is good for who I am. This is good for, this will get me. It's not about me, folks. If you think it's only about you, you're looking at a very temporary moment. Because from creation till redemption. You see what I'm saying? And so when you look, you say the 29th verse. For whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. What are you saying? He predestinated us. And I know that verse throws people off. Are you saying some people are predestined to be saved and others? No, he is. But he predestinated there was going to be a church. And there were going to be people that were going to praise God regardless of what they were going through. That were going to worship God. That were going to live for God regardless of what happened. That were going to be true. We're going to be honest. We're going to do their best to serve and magnify God regardless of what was going on. Number three, the ultimate end game, what is it? Our glorification. Moreover, whom he predestinated, he called. Whom he called, he justified. Whom he justified, he... You know, the Lord called me out of darkness for one reason. So that he could justify me. So he could, he could wash me. Why? So that he could get glory in the midst of all that's going on. God is on our side. What are you saying? In the next verse, th the 31st verse. What shall we say to these things? Huh? What are we going to say to these things? Oh, I don't know if I can take any more. I don't know if I can handle it. I don't know if I can go through it. I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't know if I can have the strength. What shall we say to these things that are coming against us? Let me tell you what to say to them. Oh, I don't understand. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle it. This is going to kill me. This is going to be my demise. This is going to be, huh? Paul said, you're, you're, you're focusing too much. You're not connecting the right dots, if that's what you're talking. Here's what you should say, if you understand the big picture. If you've gone from creation at the beginning to the now, to the future hope, 
You know what you say to it? If God be for us, who can be against us? I can't understand how good can come of this, but one thing I know, if God is on my side, that's why the three Hebrew children were able to look at Nebuchadnezzar and they said, King, we don't know if we're going to walk out of this fiery furnace, but one thing we do know, if God goes with us, it'll be okay. We're going to make it. You say, oh, pastor, I don't understand. You know, sometimes we speak to things, you know. That's why the Lord would say, let the weak say I'm strong. Let, what, what are you talking about? How, how are you talking? Oh, I, I'm, I'm not talking about being high on a fake Mr. Prozac. I, you know, I don't know. I have no problem. Everything's wonderful. Yeah, you can say, you can tell, you can report all the bad. You can report, I don't care. Report all the stuff that's going on. Report all how bad it is. But then make sure you follow up. If God be for us. And you know what? He goes on. Sorry, I know. Time's going. Let me just, let me, let me keep going here. <clears throat> Number five, God is our Savior. He died for us. He's three things. Savior, everybody say Savior. Savior. He's our provider, provider. and justifier. justifier. Woo! Any one of those would be enough. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. No matter what you've done, no matter how much you've messed up, no matter what mess you've gotten yourself into, whether it's your fault or not your fault or anything else, God is the judge. God is the prosecutor. God is the defense counsel. And let me tell you, there is no jury. You don't argue. You know, the court of public opinion may judge you but not in God's court. He is the judge. He is the prosecutor. And he is the defense counsel. So all you got to do is fall on the mercy of the judge. And say Lord you wash me. You cleanse me. If you're for me. Everything's going to be alright. Hallelujah. Go on. Number six. We'll go one more here. <clears throat> Says God, I'm sorry, I went too fast. And the next slide, God said, Who shall that later on? He says, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, there is raised, is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who makes intercession for us. Since God is the justifier, he doesn't condemn. His proof is in the death, burial, and resurrection and exaltation. And he is praying for us. Now I know we pray for one another and I'm thankful. I'm, I appreciate when people send in a prayer request. We pray. We try to send out alerts. And I know sometimes we, we're limited in how many characters we can send out. So we have to truncate it down. We can't send out the whole blurb. And I get it. But we do our best to pray for one another, and I appreciate that. We have a great prayer chain. If you're not on it, you want to be, you can be. 
But I'm, gonna hear, I'm here to tell you something. Even greater than me praying for you, greater than my wife, greater than the prayer chain praying for you. You know who prays for you? 24-7. If God be for me, my faith is not, my faith is in Almighty God. So what does he say? God will deliver through the most severe physical consequences. That's what Paul wraps up this chapter by saying, the 8th chapter. He said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? Anybody have trouble? Distress? Stress? Anybody been stressed out of their mind? Persecution? Has anybody been made fun of? Had people look down their nose at them? Had people talk about them? Is that going to keep you from the presence of God? From the love of God? <laughs> Sorry. Paul said none of that can keep you from the presence of God. Then he goes on. He said how about famine? Famine going to stop it? Nah, you know. If Walmart doesn't have any food. Is that going to stop us from the love of God? If the supply chain is broken. Nakedness, totally vulnerable. When something is somebody is naked, they are literally helpless. Have you ever felt literally helpless? I mean, go to, I know, you know, doctor, whatever. Peril, stuff happening. Or even being killed. The sword. Is that going to separate us from the love of God? Here's what he said. For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. No. Nay. In all these things we are more than conquerors. Not just conquerors. Through him that loved us. You've got to keep connecting the dots to know who you are right now, what you're going through, who I am. There is nothing that can stop. Paul said in case, you know, I, if you go through that list, I don't think we, you would face anything that would be as severe as tribulation, persecution, nakedness, peril, sword, go, Okay. I, I don't know what you're going through that would not fall into that category. But Paul said, let's say you're facing bigger problems than these. Let's say you're facing spiritual problems. That's when he started on the next verse. For I am persuaded that death, they, caught, they carry me in feet first, death, nor life, nor just living, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, go ahead, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. 
which is in Christ Jesus. If you can keep connecting the dots. I know how this thing started and I know how it's going to end up. And regardless of where I am in the midst of it all, I know that one of these days, we're, that's why we talk about making our, his praise glorious. You don't think the devil got a black eye when he saw people that don't yet have their answer tonight. Brother Tim was up here dancing and Brother Bill came and others worshiping and it, no, I, it, Still got your sickness, still got your, I'm, I'm a little weak still. And he got, oh, well, I'm totally healed. I'll run when I get totally healed. No, I'm going to praise now because that's what's making the praise glorious. Brother, uh, you know, Sister Brenda and I and Brother Jeff and Brother Heath and I can go through all those that were up here praising. Brother Wickline in the back standing there trying to praise God. What are you doing? We're making his praise glorious. Why? Because I'm connecting the dots from the very beginning to what's going to happen. Sister Laylee here praying for Brother Shane. He, oh, she's not doesn't have any problems. She doesn't have any pressure. She doesn't have any worries. Oh, Sister Malachi go through the church and say, well, who is it that's here that doesn't have any stressors? Nobody. But that's what makes the praise glorious is that we are able to connect the dots from the beginning all the way to where God's taking us. Let's just stand. Hallelujah. in the ocean and these turtles getting caught in the rings of a soda. You know what I'm talking about when you drink the soda in the ring. He is faithful about cutting those rings out so that no turtles will get in those rings. And that's fine. I don't, I don't even, that's great. But I'm going to tell you something. You can cut the rings out of every soda plastic and you can do all you can Ultimately, it's going down. There is only one way to escape this. It's to look up and remember in whom you have believed and say, if God be for me, 
Just thank you.